Eve, August Fulcher Rave episode special to then Giddy Performance Podcast. Tommy Kint Le Shifra, Clary Butner in Yov, Luclasi then Scott E. Shifra, August Vichy Egna Clehi Olympica, Rinamar Lah then Pogcrail Os Gelga, August Lah then Pogcrail Os Berla, Neil Gwelga Leifa Gum in Anchor, Aka. Rinamay Madihil, August Shine on Road is Topic Duck, Marshin, Gavalesh Gale, Ach Tasulgum, Gwinfeg, Shiv Tatnavas, August Shine. So, you might have noticed that that wasn't entirely in English. So, today's podcast is a special one. It's with Shifra Clary Butner from Team Ireland and Olympic fame. We have a great conversation about the Olympics and we have a great conversation about life in America for herself at Villanova University and now training and competing with Team New Balance. So a really enjoyable conversation. As you may have noticed, I did half of the conversation and half in English just to make it a little bit more accessible to the people that speak both Irish and English. My Irish is definitely not fluent, but I gave it a go anyway and that's the main thing. And I hope you enjoy it as always. And if you do enjoy it, please remember to like it, share it and send it. This podcast is sponsored by Coach Sam Portland, who is also known as Coach Portland on Instagram. Sam has devised a mentorship program for strength and conditioning coaches that gives them the tools to take control of and change their lives. I can testify to this, given that I participated in the program earlier this year. Sam has coached international rugby players, Olympic athletes and elite level American footballers. Using all of this experience, the mentorship program puts you, the coach, first, giving you systems of application from speed and change of direction to the minute detail of speed coaching, program development, injury rehab and more. It will help you distill your current knowledge and allow you to beat the battle of information overload the industry currently faces. But what separates this mentorship program from the rest is the personal development aspect. 50% of the program is dedicated to you getting to know yourself further as a coach. I can safely say that this is the aspect that makes the most meaningful and significant change, helping you to find the right balance between elite coaching and living a happy and purposeful life. If you're interested and want to learn more, for PE Performance Podcast listeners only, Sam is offering five 60-minute coach audit calls valued at £150 for free. To register for this unique opportunity, send Sam an email with the subject line PD Performance Mentorship to sam at coachsportland.co.uk. Only five audit calls up for grabs, so go and get after it. Now, on to the podcast. Um, Shifra, how are you to And will you for say a Boston? Yeah, I'm sure I'm Boston. 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 So Tamir, like Rishabyog, Bajor Gaw, Neutri Shaktana, just dig uh Ligishki, Yagasig, you know, Bantana Basma. Tom, uh egg, you know, just dinner at Ilamakorda, the Skokna Gokrad. 
so yeah, Neil, Neil Magri, I'd say again, like Kupla Law, Neil, like again, Shakhtana, they made train all the reach, so. August, call it all, you know, because Neil. Oh, Neil, I feel like I'm a Neil, so this big league. So spiog. Um, so, I'm Will Ian Flanagut done off season. No, I'm Will to announce Dull Air Lane the Sierra. Yeah, no, Ni Rocky Mayor Lane the Sierra. Um, just like COVID, I guess awkward to show you so darker, Tashley and Avok. Um, Kame, Bugan, I'm a Swalian, I'm a Klan, and Yen, a Klan, and Pagat, I guess, um, and Shin Mayor Ashen Shaw, just, um, Avella McCord August, um, so I, you know, being cap maker of, and I'm sure about kind of any star and shock. Neil say, Row off we law her, a camp all fern, again, shocked in his just like fat couple law, suicide, New Hampshire. So, where else? Um, Covil, Shivigdol, where will you be going? Yeah, like we're not too sure, but. Two of my teammates are kind of from the New Hampshire area, so they've been looking at some campsites up there. Okay. So it's not very far away, only two or three hours away. Okay. Um, Marshin, on will to a plan all of it in the Coney America, Satoki? I'd say, co fathers of MA Rick, um, Garmul, they made in America. Yeah, Rock May Walla, Nation, nor Vema Creek Nation. Um, no classy uh, Garmul, I guess, um, Bemay Sawalia and Shin Dunhauki, a stylum, just, um, it, I mean, it's Brawlum and Berkoff, we law her, I guess, my, uh, on each shock, Kyapam, Gur, Gamay, Giri, like, Vesawalia and Yashin, I guess, Norway, Magir, Fontaine of Algam. Akas, um, Kadak Island to own dear show, Norabin to Harlar. The clan or uh, Guinness? Yeah, McClan. Kinda McClan. Uh, yeah. Kinda McClan. I'll just mention on Bia, Oliam Mawaher, Maritashishin, the Gretta. I'll just mention fresh and just like on Teargrak is Stolam. Like, where, yeah, just, you know, like Dunleary, Fio, I'll just, uh, Kalini Hill, I'll just, Gokrud, Atal, Gardamsa, Sawalia, I'll just mention. Um, is Sprawlum Keiko Bugus at Hogakrod in Erin? Like Nabohra, Nakar, the Gisgakrod, and Shod on like Olvor. So, Tashe, like this on different, uh, this is Sprawlum and Rudshin, Queen. Shin America, Nakwil. Yeah. Yeah, Olvor, Gakrod, Olvor. Um, so is Lair Gwil Gromorigut on Changa Og on Wilshay? Jacker of Ehenown, Lower to the Changa Jukas, Kaminik, Norvin, to Egg Tastal, August Egg Imik, their foot on down. No, being to Egg Kind, Led of Aher, Osquail Gigaminik, not will. Yeah, um, being to Jacker, Mogwelga Flopta, August like Nivea Malart, Kominikus, like Boalum, Ak, Denimirk, Gwelgalar, Lemwater, August, um, Norvima, Vimidar, and Gohanakela, August Freshen, like Norbeam, Soalia, um, Larian, like Ismuntor, Bunskala, Emo, Grifor, August Emo, Water, so being she like Lar, Osquelga, Gominic, like just, um, Lanakela, August, um, like 
law in LA. So it's been a temple on tea. I just like just I don't know the being more grahar. I just my grandfather Lord Gaga or into freshman Lanakela. So I guess um on Obrien the water say or a glossy Ishkan. No, Tashi well Vishi Vishi Igober Girl School Team Nicola on Scholar Yaki Maver School the Kolkar August and Chin um Vishi School Costing Mod Ladani so So cover to the Gra Dunchanga um so Chak no air school Yeah yeah I'd say like Norby Meg Fosnis like Lara Moher Ishin so we Guelga Agam Salanyaki Mayers on school. Um August just like on Guelga like Vishay be me and Guelga Lum on too, so this is quite the Makhotor of Sally. So yeah, Tom Broda lost the August of an on ill art. I guess it's Deshin took a on podcast shot Bugan Guelga alert, so Tom on week the shin. Size Bergla, Bergla. No, we may on a nervisha crew on podcast, but like they think maybe D Hill Log is big shit carcolor. Like in but two now is come a lane in So um ne Klihi Olympica. Tahi un took eh? Ah cut a cap and two fween Tahi and Isher and Umlon. Um you know, like we may gear dog in a Klihi Olympica August you know, oh, we may shocked playing playing dish. So, um, say Shannon or Hussig may on sport. August, um, Tom Trace, Gox, Ice, Comortis, August Ross, Ian of Gidi. Shocked. So, be Tayagam, world champs. August, and Shinora, who am I quick Nicklehi? Be Shan Kasula, world champs. Octashi, like, co egg so fresh and more. Been Gox I sport down, so um, but Tahi like Intok A just a better like on level Shin August Fiche Co Olvor um like Fiche New York Shake Sula Einrod um Hannah Arabe Alan like O Tave like on size on size um mm. August yeah I'd say so Tauki Fiche on Usad August I don't know if they're in size level Ella. Yeah, well, Todd and Tearshaw on a broad duel last two. Um, yeah. August. Ah, Vishivson Olympic Village or Majin Gahiha or Fudnaklehi, not Rev. On Rev Shishin Ladranok, no, on Rev Spree August Crack, a Guivlesh, the Lu Classy Ella August for an Aherin Freshen. Yeah, so Huimer, well, Huimish August on Bert Ella, uh, Nadia Gusloise, like Huimer Stoxa. Village like three three new Kerala Riv on Ross uh, a fane so near Avamar on like Onalua Rivershin so like near Kaharmar near Avain Ladroner and Maravima just like kind of dearer and Ross so this and Shin um like India shouldn't be Vimer and on Gokradiyan of Gravi Castle when so. Um, yeah, like via an atmosphere, or if you have Sonoris on, like me, Romer Alon, more on Amakahavlen, like the Luplasi Ella of sport, sport and the sport different, more just via like a dear Aaron Cortis, yeah, 
Bumerg Camp, Sulla Humergadi and village in Arch Darvanum Fugroy Yugs um Bisha Shinaras Mar Vimeran on like Gilgani Nismo Amakavlan the Lucasiella Aaron Brun. Um so yeah be be crack of the spray and shin egg camp on shin nor be gokdanas a village be gokdanas so it's you know yeah fukuroi yeah yeah on revshivan don go shakta no shakta uh so captain grammar mission shin hai dela captain august oh like only for the hair and own ah on rev in luclasi okay okay so yeah uh, and it was just the track athletes as well, was it? No, no. Oh, so, um, yeah, there was other sports there. But uh, there was a few different Irish camps all over Japan. So it was the track athletes were in Fukuroi. And then also, like, the like Natalia Coral, Modern Pentathlon, and then, like, Badminton, Taekwondo, like, kind of okay. a whole different assortment, uh, the rowers. So... Okay. I guess um the birthday of foreign new balance egg McClehy Olympic fresh and Ellie August Heather. On Rev on Tahi Nis Farmer Vida Corja own freshen. August V on Tahi Kane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Tashida Credit uh like Snicklay Olympica Ufaina can she like that own the birthday and to drain a low gok law um array like Nablina, like Shinny's farmer, says is like is Rodney Smo not you find it all out because it's you know it's like kind of bigger picture. Um, August mm. say like I don't know like is uh gorgeous farmer August and Shin like like Tomishin of Imakoni like Ellie Freshin so Tasha Rouse like just a Shin a right low. Rodney is Tavik so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess talk culture and talk le for a new balance. And will she need to say ska veg train all the carja? Yeah, yeah. Like keen to emerge like ta like bulimud like hella gok margin can train all the enough. Like so tashkedu ma again August and Shin fresh and tall like buna August lagi derfula again erfad so it's fairer than yeah. Jen August, you know, Mara Dortmay, Tommy, and Mahoney love Ellie August, Katrina, um, tough, ever impression. So, um, Tashin Vadni Seska on Darius Sheshun, Yenov Citrona, Nora Tashi, Denavon Rodkana, August is failing just Dola Kayla, Moscadu, and Dola Greer, and Arish Citrona. So, Tashin Vadni Seska, um, Gokker, Yenov Marshin. Okay, deadly. We got through the Irish portion. Fantastic. Delighted. Yeah, so like as I was saying to uh Shifra before the podcast, we were gonna do half of the podcast, Os Gaelgagas, half Os Berla, because tr- we're trying to make Irish a little bit more accessible, August. Like I'll stop the Bergla now because people are getting confused. But uh, my Irish isn't fluent at all, but um, my cousin kind of put it to me to give it a go and like if I give it a go then hopefully other people will give it a go um, so like obviously my Irish wasn't fantastic before I started um, I'd say again about a year ago and it's only a small bit you have to do every day and uh, I almost 
held a conversation there. There was a lawn platoon. Uh, like nobody cares is the end at the end of the day as well. So it's more it's more important to to do your best. But following on from the conversation we were just having, I think we're all interested in terms of working with New Balance. The big question is how much free gear do you get, Schaefer? And do you try and blag as much as you possibly can? Um, yeah, we get we get a lot. <laughs> so we basically get. Uh, I mean, I don't know if if you were on Instagram like about a week ago. They there was I basically did an unboxing of all the shoes that I came back to when I came back this summer, and there was about ten or eleven pairs, yeah. and that was just the casual lifestyle shoes. So that kind of speaks for itself because yeah. I was only away for. 10 weeks <laughs> um so basically they did a lot of collabs with uh different shoe and kind of retail companies recently so i think there was a lot of different shoes coming out and thankfully i got a lot of those yeah but uh in terms of like clothes like they send us a big shipment usually like once every i'd say once every three months or so of just like running and casual gear and then in terms of running shoes themselves it's kind of just on based on like a needs basis so if we need a pair of running shoes or a pair of spikes or a pair of you know flats for sessions we'll just kind of say can you get this pair or that pair and then they'll just ship them out for whenever we need them because we obviously go to a lot of running shoes throughout the whole season but like you have almost a pair there for one day every fortnight rather than once a week like (laughs) coming back to it Especially when you live with two other people on the team, the place is just full of shoes, which is probably like it's a bit of an issue because we don't have the biggest apartment. But like as life as an athlete, like you're just in either training gear or casual gear most of the time anyway. So that's yeah, obviously exactly. a big benefit to be able to just transition between the two. And they're sending you a lot of casual gear as well, it sounds like too, yeah. Um, yeah. which is great. Do you all have the same shoe size in the house or are you no, different yeah, shoe we sizes all have different sizes in the house that's got to be yeah. paid when you're going and you have the same like style of shoe and you're like oh they're not mine or are you yeah. fairly neat in the house and keep it all kind of in the place it's meant to be so you can find it when you want it yeah no we actually thankfully all have different size shoes so okay that's a big perk anyway but another question i want to say is are you head to toe new balance every day like socks yeah. everything yeah. And do you have all New Balance gear here in Ireland as well? Uh, mostly. I mean, I have some stuff from college yeah. still that's just in my wardrobe and stuff from like trips, like Irish trips before. But I it's I never really wear it. Like I never wear it. It's just like in the wardrobe. So and I've given a lot of it away or the only reason I'm kept keeping like my most of it is for like maybe my kids or when I'm done running. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. The little mementos. But like, I, I was just wondering, like, I was just thinking if you had a pair of Adidas socks or something, do they just go in the bin straight away? Because you're like, you can't be seen outside in anything other than New Balance, even when you're in yeah. Ireland. So yeah, you can't even have a trip to Pennies, really, can you? Yeah, like, I haven't had any other brand really since two years ago. So, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're sorted anyway. But anyway, yeah. to, to move on to talking about ju- not just the branding, but the atmosphere, Act Team New Balance, like we were talking about, Ellie and Heather there earlier and how they're really really close friends of yours it seems like you have a pretty chilled out kind of atmosphere in New Balance in Team New Balance yeah so 
I think you have to be chilled out to be a part of this team in a way because uh, we're all really close. Like we're kind of just like a family, but because of that, like we're a bit ridiculous. Like we're always just like, poking fun at each other. So if you're not laid back, you'd probably, you know, get a little hurt in some way. But mm. uh, no, it's great. Like it's a great environment. And um, we are really good friends outside of the like running and um, training, like, Obviously, I live with two of the girls, and then also, like, we'll meet up regularly for like meals or you know, just like to do fun stuff. Like, as I said, we're hopefully going to go camping in two weekends, and then, um, yeah, like, even this past week, we kind of got I think we got two or three different meals on different nights. So, like, we we are really close in every aspect, and every, like, it's not all just about running for us, so it's it's nice to be friends overall yeah lots of balance in new balance it sounds like um exactly. but, uh, do you think like you kind of touched on it there do you think that it's a certain type of athlete that fits into that team environment then do you think like or has there been anybody that's come into the environment and they haven't suited it because they're not laid back away from training um not since I've been here I feel like right now we've got really good vibes going and like we're um really close and I think we might be like hoping to add a few people in the future so but right now like we have six girls and one guy and like in most cases like you wouldn't be able to have one guy with six girls but he's just so laid back and like doesn't really care that he's the only guy and he just gets along with all of us so that's kind of just shows like the type of person you kind of need to be and like he's very comfortable just like you know hanging out with us like or you know when we go to altitude living with us for five six weeks and doesn't bother him so I definitely think like you have to kind of be you know a bit just laid back and um, accepting of each other to be in the group that's obviously good as well coming from uh, Ireland over there that they're used to a bit of slagging because I had Billy O'Regan on there a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about he he was over in William and Mary doing his placement and some of the colloquialisms and the slang that he, he uses, they just couldn't get it. Like he, his anecdote was someone would say something to him and he'd go, ah, oh, stop. And they'd go, what, what do you want me to stop? What, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, they wouldn't get it, but yeah. obviously they're like, it sounds like your mates are into a bit of slagging as well. And from what I hear, you're driving a lot of the crack in the group as well. So that's obviously yeah, yeah. a big mantle to, to hold as well. So you kind of, you fell on your feet with that group essentially as well, because when you finished college, you were looking for someone to train with or a team to, to join for a little while, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So it took me a while. Like when I finished college in June of 2018, like it took me about nine months until I like kind of found a group, this group. And I had been talking to other coaches and groups between them, but it's just tough like I obviously wanted to stay in the US uh, post-college but it's tough to even if you've had a good college career it's tough to like get into a group when you're um, from abroad because a lot of the groups want in the US want to invest in US athletes which is understandable to a degree Um, so it's kind of hard to break into that and then also certain sponsors even like you know might not want to invest in uh, international athlete that's going to be in the US so it took a while definitely and also just like I just kept like contacting people and if 
a few of them fell through obviously but eventually it worked out and you know here we are yeah here you are and it obviously paid off as well because that was a big decision to go over to america in the first place to go to villanova because you were obviously kind of weighing that up between either staying at home and going over there but like there's a long tradition of successful irish kind of middle and long distance athletes over in villanova so was that a big kind of factor in making your decision to go over there in the first place yeah that was definitely one of the factors like you know when there's that connection and that history it's like more trustworthy in a way um and just to kind of want to like add to that but like other it was just like other factors were kind of the support and the facilities um the level of kind of those things are just above and beyond what I was kind of seeing in Ireland so like at the end like if I had stayed I probably there's a high chance I would have gone to UCD and like I'd gone to Clash East which is like right across the road from me and then I lived 10 minutes up, up the road so it's like you're just staying in this big bubble that's really small um for I don't know like 10 15 years of your life which isn't yeah. necessarily probably the best thing um I mean it works for some people but I think for me like I definitely like kind of craved a little bit of freedom adventure yeah Yeah. you need it as well don't you to develop both as a person and an athlete as well because you probably would have lived at home like it would have just made the most sense to live at home if you're going to UCD yeah exactly and then like the other thing was just like the level of competition like for a long time like when I was in Ireland running like and racing it was um like I would win a lot of things but I didn't really have the challenge of like the higher level of competition and I also like didn't really know how to tactically race so I'd go to major championships like underage like juniors or um like youths and I would kind of not really know how to race tactically so just kind of developing that was another reason to kind of go over and be like more of a small fish in a big pond rather than like a big fish in a small pond so yeah I think that was something that was kind of intriguing to me as well to go over I think winning a few things is a bit of an understatement when you were younger (laughs) (laughs) you won pretty much every year um that you entered and everything that you entered as well so like yeah that's obviously a big part of it was it a case when you were younger that you used to just go out and run as fast as you could for the entire race and see what happened there was very little tactics like because obviously there wasn't that much of a challenge as you said not that there would there wouldn't be now but like back then there when you were in your underage career there just didn't seem to be yeah like I would just kind of go out fast and then just try and hold like hold it so I just (laughs) simple yeah so it wasn't really it was kind of like random in a way you know just kind of a bit of a first bump situation but um the yeah that was kind of just like all I did but isn't it great that you got that far on just doing that at the start like before you had to go over and obviously like the few records you've broken the 800 record twice this year was it no so I had it from 2018 from when I my last indoor season in college and then Nadia broke it and then she broke it again so she she broke 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 her own but then I took I took it back at the like sometime I think middle end of February so so you obviously touched on there you were chilling with Nadia in the Olympic Village obviously were you rooming with Nadia I wasn't rooming with her 
um but yeah like we would we were hanging out a decent amount what's that like because <laughs> like you're obviously on the same team and you're both going for the same thing and you're both driving each other on all the time is it the same kind of atmosphere in there that you're just both very casual and then when it just comes to race day it's race day and it's get out of my way I'm going hell for leather and I'm going to take that record yeah me and Nanny are have a pretty have a really healthy relationship like we're we're really we're good mates as well like off the track and like um like even back in December before uh like December 2020 uh when I was home for Christmas we did a few sessions together or a few runs and sessions together and usually go like run with her at least like once while I'm home um so like yeah we get on pretty well and I think we both like I've the last like two years three years watching her really like develop and excel has been really motivating because it's kind of helps me kind of improve as well yeah. and have to raise my game so um when she like broke the record twice indoors I was kind of you know like in a way it's like all right now gotta raise the game and which is great like I mean obviously I was happy to see her break it but I at the same time I would I want to like hold it so yeah um, yeah no it's really good for the sport for to have her around and for both of us to like you know get along and kind of just you know iron sharpens iron so drive each other on essentially yeah when you said there at Christmas you came home and you met up for a couple of sessions and I was going to question what type of sessions you were on about if it was training sessions or what but obviously with COVID it wasn't the other type of session um but yeah you're, you're obviously just driving each other on it's the same kind of healthy environment that you have at New Balance with Ellie and Heather as well because you're obviously running in the same races over there aren't you in the States yeah yeah exactly like I do mostly 800 but I do some 15s as well and Heather's kind of similar to me and then the other girls would be like 1500 meters upwards to 5k 10k so definitely a lot of overlap with Heather Uh, but we like a lot of us do like this we do like pretty much similar to the same sessions and then like modified a little bit for depending on you know what your discipline is so yeah no it's definitely great like to kind of have we all have different strengths and weaknesses and can just kind of drive each other on in that sense yeah I was just about to say because obviously a lot of people talk about your kick being kind of like your big thing that sets you apart and obviously you run 1500 as well as the 800 does it come from your youth kind of running the longer distance stuff that you think you've developed that kind of strength in the long in the longer distance or over the long haul whereas when I had like we're talking different types of athletes like Sophie Becker was on and she obviously runs the 400 but she actually prefers running shorter distance like 100s or 200 she said she'd rather run 60 than 400 if she was fast enough but she's all power based so are you very much endurance based is what I'm asking and um, yeah, so I think for me, like now I'm actually more, I'm naturally like speedier than like endurance strong, but I, over the last few years of like Mark Coogan, my coach is like big mm. into the endurance aspect and like, so was my college coach to a lesser degree. And, um, I think like, because my speed is pretty natural, like I have to work on the endurance part to kind of tick all of boxes so I don't really need to like worry too much about speed just do like you know small aspects and training to keep that tipping over and then just focus on the endurance part yeah 100 percent 
work on your weaknesses and work on your strengths as well, I suppose, but just work on the weaknesses. Not that it's a weakness at all. Um, but that's it. Yeah, I was just looking one time and on a Q&A, somebody asked you how much you were covering in a week and you're covering over 100 kilometers. Is that correct? Yeah, so we do mileage actually. But um, so I'd in my kind of build up part of the year, I'd be doing like 60 to 65 miles a week. Um, and I'd be the like the lowest amount of mileage out of everyone. So some of the girls are doing 80 to 85 miles a week when we're kind of in our kind of strength phase is building, um, which is usually like, you know, October, November, December. And then, yeah, so that's, that's usually it. But like when I'm racing, like it would come down a lot. But it would come down depending on the time of the year. So in race season, it could be 40, 45. So what about when you went over to Japan, like, and in that 10 days beforehand, was it very much just high intensity and low volume work because you were essentially in a taper then? Yeah, like, I mean, it was, yeah, pretty much it was high intensity, low volume. Um, at that point, like, I wasn't even, my runs were cut back a bit too, like, in terms of length um, and kind of just trying to stay feeling good um and also when it when the heat and the humidity is as high as it was in japan like it's way harder to do those kind of endurance based sessions and the state like be out there for longer on the track or on the road so um yeah i feel like that's also you know overheating is an aspect you have to think of too do you think that that affected you at all because like I used, to, I used to live in Singapore and it's extremely hot and humid as well, not towards what Japan was in the Olympics, but like I thought that was horrendous and I wasn't doing endurance sessions outside, I can tell you that much. So like, how did you find that heat and humidity or were you used to it a little bit because of your warm weather training camps or because of some of the events that you run in the States? Yeah, no, I mean, so in June before I left Boston, it was really, it was like, 35 degrees celsius and humid so i was definitely like exposed to it beforehand and um, when we got to japan like the camp i, I was a good idea just to kind of you know acclimatize a bit i think maybe we did go over a little too soon um it's hard to kind of know like what's the, the sweet spot but uh i mean i think i adapted pretty well like and also with 800 meters it's not you're not on the track for long at all you're only out there for two minutes so I don't think it really affected me that much um, at all. And like warm up, you know, we had all the cooling strategies we needed from the physiologists if we, whatever we wanted, like the ice vests, the the slushies, like the ice baths. So um, there was definitely like everything we needed. I don't think it really affected me that much. Okay. Um, but it's all, it's all a learning curve as well. And come next Olympics, like you'll be ready to rock and roll and this olympics in particular like you said it's hard to know it's pretty much impossible to know when to head out because of the setting that it, we found ourselves in essentially with the olympics this year because like it's never been experienced before and hopefully it's never experienced again anything like that obviously you said there was a bit of crack there but like there had to be some elements of cabin fever especially in fukuroi yeah i mean i think i so I, we were in our own rooms, which is not my favorite because I like to like, you know, I'm a very social person. So I like mm. to be around people. So that was, I tried to kind of like stay out of the room, like, um, 
when we were outside it was fine like there was kind of a place to chill outside in the garden and there was a trail around the hotel grounds so that was nice to just kind of be able to go for a walk and we did a lot of runs actually around that hotel resort gardens and stuff so it was not too bad but definitely like you don't realize until you're in that situation like the time goes by really quickly Mm. and you don't really know how or why because you, you then you look back and you're like I did nothing like I like I didn't watch when I was in the camp I didn't watch any like Netflix or anything either like I, I don't know what I was doing like to be honest I was just like eating and then we had meetings and stuff so uh your time gets filled so I don't really have any cabin fever but yeah but you know when you're away with a group like that as well and you just told, you just said it there, like you're not necessarily doing anything, but because you're amongst friends and you're just talking absolute ring all the time, that fills up your time. But time fast, passes really, really fast as well, as you said. And obviously you being a social person, you were probably looking for the kind of bit of crack that was going on and the few chats that you could have. But like it seemed like most of the Irish athletes kind of filled their time pretty well. Like I had Harry McNulty and Foster Horn on the podcast before they went out and I saw like the lads had a little projector in the room watching Tokyo Drift one of the nights. And uh, like then, then they were just out and about looking for pins, exchanging pins and stuff. But Harry was given kind of a big in- insight into what it was like in the Olympic Village. And this might seem like a weird question, but the beds made a cardboard like were the beds nice like were they fine to sleep in or or what was that like because it just looks so strange from the outside perspective I'm probably not the best person to ask because uh, I am a very low maintenance sleeper so I don't really care that much I don't even use a pillow so um I like it was they were firm mattresses so I feel like a lot of people don't like that whereas I'm like used to that so I didn't mind at all and like I slept great in those beds but um, yeah, I'm sure I feel like there's definitely a lot of people who didn't like them. But uh, I mean, I thought they were gas just because like it's a classic example of the Japanese just trying to be resourceful and, you know, take care of the environment. Like the whole point was so that they could recycle the whole thing afterwards. And I think like that's like fantastic, you know. I yeah. Was that. there was there anything else weird, kind of an innovative that you were kind of shocked by in the Olympic Village? I mean... There was these little cars that would drive around and you could get on them. They were kind of like little buses, but they were really small. And they were kind of like, not self-driving, but they were. there was an iPad and the driver just kind of pushed a button. And so they were kind of like self-driving, but it was like a tiny little iPad screen that would make them, you know, which would then generate the speed or whatever. And uh, that was kind of new agey. <laughs> so that was yeah. a bit weird. Um, but no other, oh I mean the toilets I'm not sure if anyone talked to you about the toilets yeah I saw the toilets they were pretty unreal uh, I mean state of the art like I think they're great because they have heated toilet seat and then obviously like the they're called Toto toilets so like they have all these different options for in terms of cleanliness and like kind of like a bidet in a way so it's I mean definitely nothing like we've had over in Ireland or in the US but uh, so I think a lot of people were scared at first of trying to use them. use them they're like wow this is like the best thing ever you know 
Yeah, that is the way. I suppose that's the Japanese way, isn't it? Yeah, Harry did a little review of the toilets that as soon as he landed. He's a bit of a culture king as well, so he was like getting stuck into everything. So like he couldn't go to events or anything. So where did you end up watching events that other Irish kind of athletes were competing in? Yeah, so we could only go to the track um, to watch, but I pulled most things up on like an iPad or a phone um, or there was a hotel, like, I'm sorry, there was a TV in our lobby, but a lot of the time it, we were sharing a building with Sweden and Finland and a lot of time they just kind of were, and also Israel actually, they were surrounding the TV. So um, sometimes we watched down there, but like we mostly just watched on our phones or something. The Irish would be too polite as well. Oh, no, no, geez, I wasn't watching anything. You go away. You go ahead there. You watch whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, go outside and face the wall, just out of a say, sense of politeness. Um, what was it like, though, when the lads and the ladies brought home their medals to the group? Oh, yeah, that was great. We did, like, a bit of a line-up outside the building so that we could, like, um, kind of greet them when they came back and there was a great turnout like it was it seemed like it was everybody on the Irish team that was in the village at that time was lined up outside so that was like kind of a cool culture thing because a lot of us obviously hadn't met each other before yeah didn't know each other but uh yeah no I think it was cool to be a part of that and they like obviously it was huge just to see those two medals and for them to come back with those medals yeah, that's what I was going to say, because obviously athletics in Ireland is a small enough world. So you're going to know a lot of the track and field athletes and coaches, if not all of them. But obviously you wouldn't get much exposure or you wouldn't have much dealings with some of the other uh, athletes from other sports. So that was my next question. What was that like? Did you get to chat to some interesting people that you'd never met before? Um. Yeah, I mean, I obviously know a few people just from being at the sport institute in ireland and like just from you know conversing on social media and stuff but uh definitely it was like nice to kind of like meet like some of the swimmers and some of the hockey girls and just chat with them like so uh i think with covid it was still like just kind of not very ideal because people were coming and going from the village depending on their competition schedule so as soon as you were done you were supposed to get out like two or three days later so like the rowers were on a completely different schedule than us like we got to the village and then the next day they raced and then the day I raced they were like about to leave the next day so we didn't really have much overlap with the rowers but uh, in that sense like COVID was obviously not ideal for kind of the whole atmosphere and like getting to know everyone but you know that's just a small price like you have to pay for the games going ahead even despite mm. covid yeah and it's a great thing that they did go ahead even if it is kind of like a olympics light version but the in in four years time hopefully you get to experience the whole hog again um and that's got to be the goal again so you're obviously in your off season now how long is the off season like it's not too long really is it before um, you get back to training it's like it's about three weeks Usually I would take two weeks completely off and then the third week might like jog a little bit, but then it also depends. Like some people like to do three weeks, but they'll run every few days just so that when they come back, they won't get injured from like a big load after no load. Yeah. Um, so it kind of is just like more like downtime. So it's about three weeks long, I'd say. 
And then, like, obviously, you're trying not to have any spikes in load, as you just said. But I'm interested being a strength and conditioning coach as well in terms of I saw you posting before about some of the gym sessions that you're doing. Obviously, with that kind of load on feet in terms of running volume, it's got to be pretty minimal what you're doing in the gym. How many days if like are you doing a week in the gym? Is it one or two max? And what sort of stuff do you be doing in there? Is it just like general physical preparation and stuff to keep you healthy? So we try and go like about twice a week to do like heavier lifts as in like they're not like crazy heavy for us because we're obviously, you know, middle to distance runners. But we'll go right after our sessions, like our hard sessions, running sessions as well. So Tuesday, Friday, we usually go right after and sometimes also go like other days of the week just for maybe prehab or rehab stuff. But that's all very small exercises. But yeah, we go twice a week, Tuesday, Friday. So we're already pretty knackered because it's usually after a session. Um, but I feel like that's good because it's kind of like, you know, it helps recovery in a way. And then also it's good for teaching our bodies kind of how to deal with fatigue. But we're also not lifting very, very heavy. So it's not like any risk of lifting wrong and then hurting yourself, you know. But we do, it depends, like, we do like kind of variation of stuff like we do like deadlifts front squats like depending on the day like bench row yeah. some bosu med ball balance stuff uh kettlebell swings variations of bridges so it just really depends on the time of year and the day and obviously it like rotates depending like if we you know spend six weeks doing one lift then we might rotate to a different one yeah but uh yeah around big competitions will ease off a lot and then like we might not, depending on if we're traveling, we might not even be able to get access to a gym, which is not ideal. But uh, yeah, so like in the summer, it can be kind of, you know, hit or miss with strength training. Yeah. But like you're saying there, you keep saying it's not heavy, but like it's all relative as well. Like relative, you're comparing yourself to probably the sprinters and the power athletes, like, and they're a lot heavier than the middle distance as well. So yeah, you're yeah. selling yourself a, a little short there just because you're looking over at what, the power athletes are cleaning and they're cleaning like a hundred plus like it's even it's in pounds in america as well so it probably seems like even more but yeah, yeah. so like yeah that that's that's what it's all about i suppose and that's what i was going to say in terms of gym access because obviously you're in your taper uh, when you're going over to fukuroi or when you're going over to tokyo and any competition i suppose so when you don't have access to a gym in the taper, obviously what you're going to do is going to be pretty minimal, but do you just try and supplement your track work with say like plyos and primer kind of type activities on track if you don't have access to a gym or even if you can just pull a few med balls or whatever, get some sort of exposure to some sort of strength training? Yeah, so even when we were in Fukuro, like if you wanted to use the gym, there was a gym at the track, but uh it was it was like 30 minutes away so they also had a little bit of a setup at the hotel where they had like a few bits and pieces which for me like it was useful because I didn't need much um and I think a lot of people made use of that kind of outside area with um like they had like a few bars and they had like med balls um and just stuff like that so they had I think a few dumbbells too so that was ideal because I wasn't going to be doing much around competition anyway so yeah but like as you said like supplement with plyos and stuff um as well which we we try to do plyos um a few times a week as well even if it's just like very simple lower level plyos 
just because you need more load isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> more load there just that'll probably oh you're you're not recovered okay we'll throw more load at you and hopefully you get by more recovered is there kind of a culture difference in the, the ways that you train in america do you think than how teams train over in ireland um i don't think so i think everything to do with training wise in our sport is uh generational so you know like depending on like back in like the 60s people are training very differently than when people were training in the 80s and then when people are training in 2000s and now than now because every like science is kind of developed and we're learning new things all the time so i obviously there's people who have different you know scientific views on training philosophies but which varies but I think overall like there's not much of a culture difference like in at all at least that I've seen seen from back home like I'm I've been thankful to have like all the coaches I've had have been pretty similar in their views um when I was in uh secondary school back home in my club I'd say my coach back there was maybe the most scientific out of all the coaches I've had but in college and Mark Hoogan my coach now they they had pretty similar views philosophies and like that was good for my transition from college from being with Gina Procaccio my college coach to then like going to Mark Coogan and like between that when I didn't have like a coach my brother had stepped in and kind of coached me for that time which was great because he kind of knew my history and knew me best as an athlete and he would have like a pretty scientific approach but also like similar enough to knowing what I like had done in college and before that what's it like having your brother coach you in terms of I know if I tried to I I wouldn't even bother to try coaching any of my sisters to be honest because I know that they would not listen to the stuff that I'm saying so what was that like in contrast to having an external kind of perspective that's a very internal you don't get much more internal perspective than somebody in your own family yeah I mean, it was probably harder for him than for me, <laughs> but um, because I think the athletes are probably more stubborn, but it was kind of just like a stand-in situation because I was, he knew I was looking for a coach and needed to get one. And I didn't really want to have like an interim coach for a short amount of time. So he was kind of doing me a favor, which I really appreciated. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was good. It was, he did a lot of my training with me as well, which was nice. But uh, yeah, it's like definitely like really close to home at the same time. So I'm sure it was like tough on him as well as well on me. I'm sure he was thinking about what language he was using anyway in terms of his coaching and how to get his point across. Um, so during that period, that was when you left Villanova, obviously. Like Villanova, for anybody who doesn't know, was where you went to university. But that was obviously a big part of your life. During that period, did you ever struggle when you were no longer Shifra of Villanova and you didn't have a team to kind of cling to I suppose as a as a part of your identity yeah I think it was tough just because as I said like it was a time when I didn't really have like a group so like when I was in college like it was this huge team kind of like felt like you're part of a bigger picture and like you had more of a purpose so it was really like weird going to just being like an individual athlete um and that was like kind of a bit of an identity crisis as well but um and then again like now we have like a big kind of a big team not like huge but like good culture and a lot of bodies around 
so it was definitely like kind of tough but I think having my family and like as I said my brother really helped and then like close friends to kind of just like keep me positive that was like good motivation um, and just like chipping away at like you know contacting people and still training and like during that time I still made like um, a European indoor champ so it, I was still consistent I just wasn't like I was kind of just had a bit of a slump but I was still like making major champs so do you think that support system helped in kind of maintaining your levels of motivation yeah I mean you know it's I wanted to be over in the US but at this point I was at home but uh instead of like you know kind of regretting that I think it was good to be around people that know me and like I'm comfortable with because they were kind of it's like a comfortable environment and that was like very supportive in a time when I was kind of you know not the happiest or like felt like I was kind of like failing in a way you know so it was good to have uh, familiar faces and like a familiar setting for me to kind of draw like find the motivation and like whenever I would get like tough on myself kind of you know remember okay it's like you have to be positive and figure this out yeah you kind of need people to keep you in check don't you when your mind kind of runs away with you and you realize that things aren't the end of the world and even so if they are and you treat them as the end of the world then that's the end of it I suppose they're they're always going to be the end of of that thing so it obviously was good for them to bring an injection of positivity into your training. But we touched on Villanova there. I'm interested in your career at Villanova your, and in terms of athletics, because I came across a T-shirt online there recently. And you must have been a bit of a phenom in Villanova because the T-shirt had it was a green and white T-shirt. And it said, uh, Shiva Clary Butner is my soulmate. Hey, really? And, yeah. <laughs> well i've never seen that t-shirt so that must be new i don't know it's it, it looked like it was old i can't remember what it was on it could have been on amazon or something um you can have a little search for it afterwards and see if there's any left hopefully they're not gone out of sale um yeah, but I, I, I had assumed that that was a villanova thing or something that somebody has done as a laugh in college but obviously not no i've never heard or seen that no that's like the first i've heard of it so Yes. don't really know how to feel about it let's say that <laughs> I don't know you gotta be flattered I suppose um yeah so in Villanova obviously you competed there and you did really really well very very early on when you arrived you started doing very very well was that because of the environment that was there and what were kind of the main we, t- we touched on it earlier but what were the main decisions in you deciding to go to Villanova and who kind of was the first one to make the first move so I had been contacted by a few different colleges in the U.S. and I kind of just like you know entertained four but the only one I actually visited was Villanova so if I was going to go to the U.S. I was only going to go to Villanova I wasn't I was either going to stay at home probably go to UCD or go to Villanova it was kind of one or the other I did like talk a bit to like uh, Iona College in New York and Harvard and FSU, Florida State University, but uh, I never, no, I never really followed through with that. But um, because the head coach of the men's team and the overall head coach of the track and field team is Irish originally, Marcus mm-hmm. O'Sullivan, his connection, he always comes home in the summers and kind of goes to the Irish school competitions and has an eye out for you know, any 
talents or people he'd be interested in or so he kind of like recruited me originally and then passed it on to the women's head coach Gina um and then I kind of like it was pretty like immediate everything that happened for me because I only visited because obviously like with the leaving cert it's like a big year and it's kind of busy and you're kind of just like it's kind of busy yeah just a little bit you're you're headed down and focused on just like studying and doing anything and I was also trying to like compete and train through the whole thing so I didn't visit Villanova till the very very end of April beginning of May in during like the leaving cert year and then I did my leaving cert during June mid-June as soon as I finished like I, my, I think I probably had the coach on like edge because she just wanted to know if I was coming. It was like, I was leaving it really late. She like in the U S they usually commit to going like eight months to like 12 months before they actually go. So she probably had no idea what I was thinking. And like, I think she was even talking to my like parents and they were like, we have no idea. She hasn't like indicated anything. Cause I was kind of just like one thing at a time, like I'll just do my leaving cert and then I'll make a decision and then I either go or I don't go so right after I finished I was like oh yeah yeah I'm gonna go and I think like subconsciously before like as soon as I had visited right after I came back from my visit to Villanova subconsciously I'd already I had already decided I'm gonna go but I didn't really want to like think about it or talk mm-hmm. to anyone or decide or tell anyone what I was thinking until after my leave insert was done so then I decided yeah I said all right yeah I committed I'm going at the end of June and then I was over there like the 19th of August or something so it like it was bam 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 like kind of in like two month cycles bye everybody yeah exactly so yeah like that was kind of a full-on like four months but uh yeah like I think once I went over and visited and saw the facilities and like just how unreal and different everything was I was kind of intrigued and like I was like this is class like I kind of want to see what happens and I think also the coaches were like you know what like you can come over for a year give it a shot you know if you don't like it you can always go home no hard feelings I think that who is like kind of like a safety net because you're kind of like you know what just go over see what happens try it out and then if you're too homesick or whatever you can just come home but uh, so that was like nice to know that was in my back pocket too. But I mean, I think when I went over, I was just so kind of like busy with everything and just like the time difference, like didn't really, I obviously like miss my family a bit and, and like, but you didn't really have time like to think bit. about how much you <laughs> missed everything. So that was like kind of a blessing in disguise, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't have time to miss you guys. I'm just thinking like, in me moving to Dublin to go to college when I'm 18 and thinking that was huge. You were going across the sea, like you're going miles and miles and miles away. And I'm just, I was like, at least if I was feeling homesick, I could go home. Uh, I could get to train home or whatever to Tipperary, but there wasn't much chance of doing that when you're over in the States. Yeah. And so like, how for did con- you manage it? Yeah. I mean, like for context, like, most kids that go to college like their parents drive them there or they fly there with them and they bring all their stuff that they need and they move them in and for me it was like just funny because like my parents couldn't come with me and help me move in so I like literally entered the country with one big suitcase and a backpack and that was it and I 
got picked up by my coach at the airport and she brought me and I dropped myself and then she was like all right let's go she brought me to do my essentials shopping for like my you know my my desk lamp my hangers like stuff that I didn't even think I'd need you know like I was like kind of just like oh yeah like I forgot I need all this stuff but thankfully like my roommate was also international because she was Canadian but she had driven down she brought a few doubles of everything to give me which was really thoughtful and like her and her dad like kind of like helped me and she kind of knew what she was doing more than I did so uh that was that was like nice and I was so jet lagged as well like I was kind of just wrecked that I didn't really like care (laughs) yeah yeah grabbing the first thing and this like up oh, blue lamp that's grand like yeah. grabbing everything so but you yeah. said you're low maintenance anyway so I'm sure it yeah yeah much of a difference but Irish mammies are great and all but they kind of shelter us a little bit from the real world when we're younger yeah. um, and then as you said when you're 18 you don't really think about like just general stuff that you need when you move to college but yeah, like that, that's amazing. And then obviously you kind of excelled at Villanova, but like I read that you were the co-president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, which sounds incredibly important. What the hell is that? And how did you manage to blag your way into that role? <laughs> yeah, so that's like kind of like just it's a group. So it's got a representatives from every sport at the university like one or two or three representatives from every sport and it's mostly third year and fourth years that are on it so juniors and seniors but you can sometimes get on it as a a sophomore which is a second year but basically it's just like we only would meet like once a month and kind of talk about what was coming up or any initiatives we wanted to you know focus on or take um and like any like extracurricular activities that we would need to do or just like organizing stuff like that and like what we thought was like important to focus on in each team um, and it was also a way for us to get to know other athletes from different sports because obviously you kind of get like you know stuck in your little group and um, so it was good to come together and then the lady in charge she was called Alison Vanella which is, she was she's a good friend of mine now and she also was like she keeps no Villanova Athletics kind of together she does an amazing job at that she um would kind of encourage us to come together and like know each other's schedules in terms of oh like softball has a game coming up this Thursday or men's uh football have a game on Sunday so everybody try and go if you can like different sport try get your own teams to go as a way to kind of be like more of a community and so yeah that was like kind of the whole essence of that just ways to make it more of a community and a positive like environment for the whole Villanova athletics community as a whole wow yeah that sounds great fair place yeah um it sounds like you were well looked after on that committee as well. So although you were yeah. talking about important and things, there was one woman behind a, behind the team, I suppose. Yeah, and like to answer your question about how did I manage to be co-president, like I don't really know. I think I just got voted when I was uh, in my last year because anyone who was on the committee, like on that committee, then they voted for two or three, like kind of like co-presidents. Um, so yeah I don't know how I ended up there just a few people thought I should be there so yeah yeah well yeah fair play you got into it um 
And it's a great thing for the CV, isn't it? Even after life, after athletics. So we can move on to quickfire questions now. And although they're quickfire questions, they don't have to be quickfire answers. So just to put you at ease a little bit. The first one is your proudest achievement to date. Probably, probably in the Irish indoor record this year in the 800. It was a toss up there between two. I knew um, it was going to be a toss up there. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hopefully hopefully nadia pulls it back off you eventually and then you can pull it back off her with a faster time again i suppose that's the way to think about it or you yeah, might be able, yeah. able to break your own record that's the other thing yeah yeah that was a record they're supposed to be broken i suppose so hopefully next or this coming year and that was very apparent at this olympics that records are, are there to be broken because there were some yeah. crazy things happening um your favorite athlete of all time um i don't have one because it's too I don't like that question it's too hard of a question because there's so many athletes and you know I don't know like even hard to just like think of who it would be well someone recently gave me a list of five because they couldn't pin down one yeah so I don't know I like uh, I'm a big fan of multiple sports so I don't think I could even pick like like I can tell you who my favorite Manchester United player is currently but okay tell me that my favorite athlete of all time but uh, Bruno Fernandez is my current favorite Manchester United player. But yeah, I admire multiple athletes and like all the athletes I compete against as well. Like, are yeah. you know, it's hard to not like admire so many. So I thought you were low maintenance, and then you're giving me cheek about this question. I don't know yeah. what the story is. Um, who's going to play you in the movie? Um, so most pe- a lot of people. You watch? Did you watch Game of Thrones? No, I'm one of the only people that doesn't watch Game of Thrones, oh. but I know a lot of uh, the characters in it from people asking me, do you watch Game of Thrones? And then I say no, and then they say, well, there's this person in it, so go on. Yeah, so um, I did watch Game of Thrones like a regular person. And <laughs> uh, the a lot of people, even before I started watching it, because I came late to the party, I only started watching it like six months before the last season was released. But a lot of people used to tell me like I would I looked like this girl from Game of Thrones and I had no clue what that meant because I didn't watch but a lot of like people I don't know that well or just close friends they all think I look like um Egret's character who is played by Rose Leslie so I feel like I'd have to say her just because everyone thinks I look like her so and the title of the film would be Shea Clary Butner is my soulmate <laughs> yeah, yeah, a very interesting movie by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um what meal or food are you loving at the moment? Um it's really it's been like kind of muggy over here since I got back. Um so probably just like I've been enjoying like fruit and berries at the moment and just like lighter stuff like salads and stuff but uh yeah, I don't know. Like I did enjoy getting into the sushi culture over in Japan um, and me and two of my friends went for sushi the other night. So uh, I don't think I'll become obsessed with it like a lot of our generation are. But um, yeah, I'd, I've grown to appreciate it more since I was over there and got to, you know, be, I don't know, in their culture and experience it yeah. firsthand. Absolutely. I was just about to say when you said fruits and salad, I was like, well, that's the most low maintenance answer I've yeah. ever heard of. Heard of or, yeah, yeah. Um, so what artists have you been listening to a lot recently? Uh, Vance Joy, Camp, 
the Mumford and Sons probably top three. And I always, you know, always fall back on Taylor Swift as well. So can't beat Taylor Swift. So yeah. Do you actually get to listen to music when you're training, or do you have to concentrate on your breathing? We no, we don't listen to music because we are obviously all training together. But mm. sometimes if we're on a track, we would maybe bring a speaker. But uh, we, yeah, we don't really listen to it at all unless you're on your own for a run, which is seldom enough. So. What about in the gym? Do you hand the reins over to somebody and they play a playlist in the gym? Or do you do um, your gym so work on your own? We, yeah, the gym we go to is actually New Balance Gym. It's called New Balance Fitness Club. And so all the employees know us in there and they always play really good music, actually. But like if we wanted, we could probably be like, hey, can you put on this playlist or can you, you know, put on this, I don't know, genre. So, uh, yeah, like, but... I usually don't listen to music in the gym, but sometimes I would bring my headphones and listen. Okay, cool. Um, low maintenance, you're not going to ask them for them to put on a certain song for you or a certain playlist <laughs> because you're happy enough with everything. Um, have you been reading any books lately? Uh, yeah, so I, it's been taking me a while just because there's been a lot going on this summer, but I, one of my really, one of my favourite movies is uh, Molly's Game. I'm not sure if you've seen yeah. it unbelievable no I'm not that weird now I have seen uh, some films I just don't watch Game of Thrones (laughs) so when I I've seen it multiple times since it came out but I just found out like back at Christmas time that there's a book as well so I my sister got me that book for Christmas but I'm only getting around to reading it now so I'm enjoying it yeah it's interesting when you put um, actual faces to the characters and who she's talking about as well. Yeah, it? exactly. Um, but I think she wrote the book first and then they made the film out of it. Yeah, she um, did, yeah. But she has had some weird life. Um, yeah. Yeah, great one for anybody to check out out there. I haven't read the book, but the film is quality. Um, what's the biggest thing that you've learned in the last 12 months? Um, well, so obviously the last 12 months have been really different for everybody just because of COVID but I think like for me just like to I kind of realized that although for like my career it requires me to be really flexible and like keeps me on my toes that I like planning as much as possible is really like important and having a routine which kind of knew before but like with COVID I think it kind of showed that you like it you'll do better off even if you have a bit in the future planned um but as i said like we have to be really flexible because we like our plans change last minute all the time just with races and travel and all that type of stuff um yeah and just like patience um enjoying the process of training because a lot of the time we train with the like the end goal of competition in mind but when covid originally hit all our competitions got cancelled or taken away so I think a lot of people had to learn why they were training just like when competition was taken away. So kind of just training to enjoy like the sport and the process of training itself, which was something that I really enjoyed to like, you know, appreciate again. Um, And that was kind of like nice to just realize, oh, you actually run as well because you enjoy the process of running, not like just because you want to run really fast at this race, you know that's the importance of kind of like everybody had to pivot their goals, but that's just kind of showed the importance of having 
process and performance based goals rather than like outcome goals so yeah, I'm, exactly. cause, cause, and, and the same thing like when you go into a race you can control how fast you run to a degree to a degree you can control how fast you run it but you can't control where you come or where you place really like yeah exactly. obviously the tactical side of racing does come into play but like you're not going to prevent somebody from going out and running a world record um and that's just that's the way it is so you've just got to focus on your own your own race um whether that be an actual race or whether it be something in your own life i suppose but that's probably too deep for this podcast anyway um but the last question is the big deep one what would you tell your 18 year old self um probably just like you know kind of similar to before just like enjoy the journey and you know make like close friends and connections and like try and maintain those as you move through each new chapter of your life just so that you have you know some I feel like those close connections and relationships are really important in all aspects of life and then just like to be present in whatever situation you're in as well on road is that was brilliant yeah. really enjoyed it and thanks for coming on yeah thanks a million great it's good crack